Hey, it's James here, welcoming you to this presentation of the Hashtag Finance Podcast. This is just a friendly reminder that if you like video, all of our CEO and expert interviews are featured on CSC TV on YouTube. That's CSC space TV on YouTube. And finally, this is just a friendly reminder that the views, information, or opinions expressed during this show are solely those of the individuals involved and not necessarily representative of those at the CSC or its employees. So happy listening, and now enjoy the show. This is Hashtag Finance, presented to you by the Canadian Securities Exchange, the exchange for entrepreneurs, with your host, Barrington Miller. Hi, welcome to Hashtag Finance. I'm your host, Barrington Miller from the Canadian Securities Exchange. And today I have the pleasure of interviewing Chris Driesen from Slang Worldwide. Welcome to the show, Chris. Hey, thank you, Barrington. Really appreciate the opportunity to be here and uh, excited to get going. So this is a little bit new. Uh, for one, I haven't done many hashtag finances recently, so I'm kind of excited. And two, Slang Worldwide is a very, very good company. Um, but I knew the other Slang Worldwide, and now it's time for me and you to get to know this Slang Worldwide. Let's do it. Chris, you are now the president and CEO. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to be uh, where you are. Um, you know, to take it way, way back, what seems like a lifetime ago now, um, you know, I ran sales teams and did executive leadership and, and, and sold copiers of all things, which is a really kind of an interesting sales focus and that it's very, uh, you know, numbers driven. It's a contact sport. The more contact you make, the better you do. Prior to that, I was in hospitality sales and led sales teams there, which is is yet different very much again in that it's about delivering guest experience. How do you make somebody feel versus a solution selling and, and more technology-based selling? Uh, I came into cannabis, uh, much like a lot of people in life. Uh, who do you know? You know, I had a good buddy of mine from Texas. We were both ski bums up in Vail. I'm based here in Denver, Colorado. Uh, and he said, hey, I'm going to get into cannabis. You got to come do this thing with me. And my school teacher wife said, absolutely not. You'll not have, absolutely we just got you out of not. that. <laughs> <laughs> right? We just got you cleaned up. And I just finally, you know, made, made you into something uh, uh, that I can be proud of. So uh, certainly we look back now and, and, and laugh about that. But when I first came into that company, it was called Open Vape at the time, which is still our flagship brand. Since then, we developed a house of brands that became Organa Brands, uh, which certainly is now all part of Slang. Um, but the reason I was brought into that company, not only did I know one of the, the founders, um, but I had this, you know, this Fortune 500 background, this training, this ability to build systems and teams and you know, steward this company from from uh, what it was to what it's become, uh, you know, and obviously very thankful for that. And it's been a heck of a journey. So I've actually been in cannabis now coming up on seven years. Uh, and and this kind of just is the fruition and, and the latest, greatest of what that's become. So I've been privileged enough to listen to uh, Billy and Peter talk at uh, other events. And they did mention the, the photocopier Xerox uh, background <laughs> sales training. They're like, if you want to learn how to, how to sell, this is, this is where you go. This is yeah. what you do. And, um, I know that that slang's borrowed a little bit from that. So you're based out of Denver. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the, the climate there and the, the appetite and if it's still going on. 
Yeah, you know, Colorado has been really resilient just as a market at whole. Obviously, we were the first out of the gate January 1st, uh, 2014. You know, of course, it, it was the first sale of legal cannabis anywhere in the country. Um, and, and we voted on that in November of 2012. So, and it was really no surprise, you know, Colorado's in a lot of ways, a very libertarian place. You've got all kinds of folks, you know, liberal, conservative, uh, everybody's here for this, these beautiful mountains, you know, to spend time outdoors. So you're very likely to see somebody that's very concerned with the environmentalist environment, but is also a hunter and very into gun rights. So you've got a real just kind of juxtaposition of people, but everybody here kind of has that independent pioneering spirit. So really it was no surprise that here's the place that that passed first. Uh, and since then, to be honest, it's been a great ride. You know, the market continues to grow. We've, we've had record months, even throughout some of the pandemic, uh, which of course has been kind of a, a mess for the world. Um, but coming out of out of kind of the depths of that, the market set new records. Uh, slang itself has had some 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 of our very best months, you know, on the tail end of this pandemic, and hopefully we're coming out of that soon. But the Colorado market, the way it's set up, the open market mentality, you got to be good if you're going to stay here. Much like a restaurant in New York or a, a resort, you know, in Aspen. You better be top notch or you're not going to be here for long. So it's a mature market. It continues to grow. And and you've got to be on your game if you want to succeed here. And slang thrives here. So we're we're very fortunate to call Colorado home. Slang for me was known as a house of brands. It was the house of brands. Tell us, uh, tell the audience what slang is. It still may be, um, but now you're you're guiding the ship. I'm going to pick on you a little bit here, Barrington, because you said was the House of Brands. I'm going to take that out. Oh, good. Ohio good. State University. It is the House of Brands good. in Canada, in <laughs> cannabis, excuse me. Uh, and that's, you know, that 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 hadn't changed. So we're very much a CPG focused company. It's it's based on this foundation. This House of Brands is built on a foundation of CPG, uh, which, of course, is consumer packaged goods. Uh, we are the leading consumer packaged goods company in the cannabis space now. Uh, and we absolutely are, are are committed to that approach. So we want to get market share. We want to drive market penetration. We want to win in things like total points of distribution. And the way we do that is is kind of a combined approach of a having some of the best brands in the industry. You know, our flagship vape brand Open is is the second best selling cannabis brand of all time in any category for anything. Uh, according to BDS. So we're very proud of that. Uh, but since then, we've developed and gone into a lot of other things, you know, whether it's uh, ingestibles with our Pressies brand, District Edibles, uh, recently acquired Lunchbox Alchemy, which of course is, is a, a top selling uh, Oregon edibles company that will be taken to other markets. And what we really look to do is cover the most, uh, the best selling categories in cannabis, whether that's our flower partnership with cookies, uh, of course, our own brands, we will acquire brands, and then we also want to segment those brands within the category, you know, a value brand, a premium brand, et cetera. So we really want to be kind of the one-stop shop for, for cannabis consumers really all over the world. Let's move on to your shareholders and your investors. What are they to, are there any milestones that they can expect uh, from Slang Worldwide or anything that you're able to talk about more so for 2021? You know, we're, I'll, I'll answer both of those. You know, we had talked about these acquisitions when we went public in January of 2019. Uh, there was a lot of, 
hype. And, you know, at the time the market was still going crazy. Obviously that's had a big shift just around whether it's COVID, whether it's, uh, uh, you know, the demonstrations happening across the country, whether it's just the change in the availability of capital, obviously cannabis companies uh, in particular um, have had a rough go, you know, and slang's no exception. The under thing that underpins what we do is that market share is our brand performance and, and that hadn't changed. If anything, that's grown stronger over the last almost two years. Some of the things our shareholders and just the, the street can expect in general from us is we're making good on the things that we've long told people. We are closing these acquisitions. We are consolidating these supply chain assets. And what that does is it's a material change in both our revenue and our profit. So you're about to see slang when these things all close. Several of them already have. There's more in the works. We expect most of those to be done, if not all of them, by the end of, of this year. So really just in the next couple of, of months. Um, it, we change from being non-plant touching to plant touching. Our revenues go uh, substantially higher. We're on the precipice of consolidated profitability. Um, you know, we we had our first cash flow positive month in June. We were damn close again in September. Um, so what you're going to see from us in 2021 is this business, this dream that we were telling people about this story become reality uh, and make good on the things that we've been telling people for so long. One of the things that I've always really liked about slang and um, and actually a, a, about a lot of the companies, the cannabis companies is the culture and the culture that is developed internally. And it by and large flows from the top down uh, during COVID that has been, it seems to have been a glue for many companies, you know, weathering the storm. How has slang's culture changed? How has it stayed the same and where's it headed? Yeah, you know, the rate of the the pack is determined by the pace of the leader, as you just mentioned. Uh, And man, we grind. This management team grinds. We've been in the trenches. The guys that you see now in this management team, myself, our CFO, Mike Rutherford, our our COO, John Moynan. um, We've been the guys in the operational trenches now for for years, really. And John and I go back, gosh, in Organobrands, like I said, almost seven years. So we've kind of been through the ringer and back. We've been punched in the face a hundred times. Uh, and, and frankly, you learn from those experiences, um, you know, not taking anything away from Peter and Billy. They did a great job. They founded the company. They raised a bunch of money. They went public. That's all a, a skill set. Um, and now it's that baton has been handed off to the folks that are the, the basically the operational gurus to run a tight business, to, to be mindful of our balance sheet, to, you know, to turn a profit. Look, our shareholders expect us to, to mm-hmm. earn money, not just spend it. And so we're focused on doing exactly that. Uh, when you talk about culture, I would tell you that that's one of the, the greatest gifts that we have at this company. Even back to the Organa Brands days, we've been recognized by the Denver Post by several groups of having one of the best company cultures in cannabis. Uh, we've been recognized for that again and again from, from our peers. Um, and that's something I think that really just was got steeled uh, or, or, you know, we steeled ourselves, you know, during this cannabis or during the COVID epic pandemic. Um, it forced us to really rally around each other and really make some tough decisions. But it also really, I think, highlighted we're a scrappy bunch. You know, this crew has been through it all, whether it was legalization, whether it was, um, you know, working through different regulations, the ups and downs that, that the wild ride that is, that is American cannabis and frankly, Canadian cannabis, we've been through all that and we're still standing and we're still punching. So we're, we're a scrappy group over here. You know, outside of, outside of California, I can't think of a, 
a tougher place to try and cut your teeth in as well. Like, especially the, with the background that you have. And you bet. We've been in California since 2012. So like, I mean, we have literally seen the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, and it's, uh, it is tough. You know, a lot of people, I think, look at cannabis and especially with kind of what happened with the whole Canadian pubco thing over a couple of years that, oh, you know, you're in it for a quick buck and Bentley's fall out of the sky. And it's like, man, nothing could be further from the truth. You know, I've never worked harder. I've never enjoyed my work more than what I do now. But I will tell you that it is the most difficult thing that I've ever done, but also the most rewarding at the same time. What, what are some of the products or brands that people are turning to because we were a little bit we were just talking about the coronavirus what are some of the products and things that people are turning to that they're that they're leaning on that's that's helping and we talk a little bit at the csc about about mental health and and coping and we haven't seen anything like this in in our lifetime uh, and hopefully we won't again you know i'm gonna i'm right. knocking on wood yeah same same <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't want. I don't want to see it again. But yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was tough. I mean, I you know, look, it was tough for the world. It was tough for business. It was tough for people. It was tough on folks' mental health. Um, it's it continues to be in a lot of ways. You know, we we're we're in so many states and several different countries, so we get a really unique perspective. And the reality is. The same thing isn't happening in all the same places. You know, there's some rural parts of, of this continent that you would think COVID doesn't even really exist. There's some urban parts of, of, of this country and also in Canada where it's dire, you know. It's a, it's a, there's hot spots, man. Yeah. What, what are you finding people are, are going towards? What are they gravitating? Like, uh, Well, we track all edibles. of our... Yeah, we track all of our KPIs alongside events. So, for instance, when when folks started losing their jobs in droves, oh, I see. you okay. saw several people, you know, not several, tons of people just started to not go into the stores. Either they didn't feel safe or, frankly, just didn't have the means that they had previously uh, to go and enjoy cannabis. We saw when stimulus came in, all of a sudden there was an influx of people coming into stores, more money being spent on an average ticket. The big thing that we saw in particular was that people didn't stop consuming cannabis, but what they were consuming shifted a little bit. The consumer preference, largely around you know your your economic situation, your financial situation. What's really unique to slang is we're not a one trick pony. You know right. we've got six brands, and those brands all have segmentation within their category. So, for instance, with Open, which has been the number one selling vape pen in Colorado since there were vape pens in Colorado. Uh, and still is to this very day, this very minute, uh, we're almost two and a half X, the next closest competitor in Colorado. But what we saw was, you know, the really high end stuff, the cannabis derived terpenes, the live resins, some of the fastest growing categories all of a sudden shifted because people just didn't have the same level of disposable income. So it shifted to, for instance, a botanical vape pen, uh, which is that you get them in larger format sizes, a one gram versus a half gram. And they're a lot more affordable. So we saw that skew and that product uh, mm. line shoot through the roof. And some of the things that were higher in the rosins, the live resins, things of that nature start to settle a bit because they're, they're frankly just more expensive. So we were very fortunate in the fact that we sell both. So it, it was able for, we were able to pivot pretty easily between those. Uh, I've, I've, I found it really interesting how, how you tied in the events that were happening uh, worldly or globally 
or, yep. uh, you know, with, uh, with direct sales. Well, we do, we track all those things. I mean, even things, you know, again, here in Colorado, look, one of the reasons we got punched so hard in the face, if you'll recall, Colorado was one of the early hotspots, you know, yeah. and it had oh, yeah. it really kind of came in in January, February before everybody knew what the heck COVID even was. Well, why is that? Well, what, what do we have just West of us here? One of the best playgrounds in the world was some of the best resorts in the world that attract all kinds of international tourism. So when they shut down the ski resorts, that was devastating. That happened in early March, which is high time for those guys that were so widely distributed Vale, Aspen, Breckenridge, and Telluride in those places. Those are some of our best stores and some of our highest revenue generating partners from a retail perspective. So when all of a sudden there's no tourism because the mountains closed, devastating. You know, we looked at places like Summit County, which is where Breckenridge and some of these resorts are, you know, their retail spins were down 80, 90% year over year, which nobody's designed to take that punch. Uh, but like I said, fortunately, it's a it's a scrappy group and, and we survive. And now we're seeing some of those places flourish, kind of hopefully coming on the back end of this. You mentioned earlier that you have uh, you have a little bit of multi-jurisdictional um, experience and I guess foresight uh, yeah. because you're operating. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit outside outside of uh, what what are you seeing on, sort of on the international side? Um, yeah. And, you know, we used to do a lot. We still do a lot with our non cannabis sales. So, things like hardware, we sell the Firefly 2 Plus, one of the best selling dryer vaporizers really in the world. Um, we sell batteries, hardware. Uh, we sell CBD now with Lunchbox Alchemy. They're in 45 states and, and over 500 stores with their CBD uh, offering. Internationally, there was a lot of hype and a lot of expansion, and how quickly can we spread everything and kind of lift right. our leg on the world? And what we figured out is the money's being made in the U.S. Like, make no mistake, we can talk about the Maltas and the Lesothos and all these things. Great for some people. That is not our focus as a company. We are a U.S. focused and a North American. I shouldn't say just U.S. because obviously we do good business up in Canada as well. But we are a North American focused cannabis company. And that's that's where that's where the money's being made. Uh, so that's where we spend our time and efforts. That's not to say that some of these other places won't one day grow into, um, uh, you know, being something more meaningful from a revenue standpoint, but that's certainly not our focus. And I think a lot of people, all the capital that was deployed all over the world, you know, what's the ROI bit on that? And I'd say it's pretty meager. You know, I can draw a very thick line in the month of March when everyone shifted and went back internally. Um, yeah. and they focus their business on their core business, things that worked. If yeah. it was, if you're good in one state, then they concentrated on one state. The expansion yeah. plans, uh, took a backseat. If they That's started, right. they started M and a talks, those M and a talks might be delayed a little bit. Absolutely. Or dissolved <laughs> or, or dissolved. Chris, I just thought of something. I, I know what I wanted to ask you, what you when, when you're looking at either merging or doing an acquisition or partnering however you want to describe it what do you look for what are some of the factors what's your blueprint without giving away of course uh, you know the secret sauce um but yeah what does uh, what catches your eye yeah you know we we have core and emerging markets and what that means is in a core market we're plant touching we want to consolidate everything in the supply chain up to wholesale we never touch retail 
We want to ride shotgun. We sell to over a thousand different dispensaries. We're in 3000 plus retailers. Um, so we never want to retail because those are, those are the lifeblood of what we do, but we're always looking to drive our KPIs and that's branded unit servings our branded unit sales. That's branded servings. That's market penetration. I want to win in those three uh, on those three scoreboards. So the way that we do that is in a court market, it's a place where I can do all those things myself up through manufacturing, wholesale distribution, et cetera. And I can drive a profit. An emerging market is a place where either I don't have the infrastructure or we don't have the leadership, uh, we don't have the license, whatever the case may be. So we look to identify a partner that's a very strong operator that provides the things that I can't provide myself. And what we do is supercharge that operator with some of the, the world's best-selling cannabis brands to really give them a, a leg up against their competition in a particular state. So we're looking for leadership. We're looking for infrastructure and we're looking for alignment and vision and culture and, and, and what that allows for when you find those things, which is like, for example, our partnership with True Leave in Florida and now in Massachusetts, we're super aligned in vision. They know where they're going. They know who they want to be. We have the same, but those things are peas and carrots together. So when we find a partner like that, we look to replicate that model again and again and again, which is what we've now demonstrated in Florida. Again, scoreboard doesn't lie. They're killing it down there. And, and a part of that is because they're selling our products. They do a great job on their own. Don't, don't get it wrong. Uh, but they said, look, we're, we're doing great with you guys. You guys are doing great with us. Let's take that show on the road and do it again. And that's just what we're going to do in Massachusetts. Yep. Rinse and repeat yep. uh, for our listeners and our viewers. Uh, the person behind of, of True Leave of who he's talking about is, of course, Kim Rivers. Uh, you can catch interviews with her on CSC underscore TV, available on YouTube. And we uh, profiled her during Cannabis Month 520. So, again, if you go to CSC underscore TV on YouTube, you can uh, check out some truly. Yeah, and sh- what I like telling what I like telling our listeners is that now take what Chris is saying. Watch Kim Rivers. Listen to what she's saying, and then you'll find a perfect marriage um, of ideas. KR is a beast. I mean, there's no (laughs) doubt about it. We spend a lot of time, obviously, with Kim and her team. In fact, I'm actually on my way to Oklahoma here this afternoon to, 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 to meet with some of her team, uh, you know, to look at some different things. But the, the, the reality is that that team operates like nobody else that, that we work with. Uh, and the reason that they're very good at what they do is they understand who they are. They understand where they're going and have just a relentless focus to get there. And obviously the proof's in the pudding, you know, look at, again, the scoreboard doesn't lie. And, uh, true leave is, is, is they're great. We love working with them. Chris, we're, we're approaching near the end of the interview. What is one thing that you want to leave with our listeners or, or leave to our listeners and. What's one thing that we don't know about you? <laughs> yeah, a um, couple of things. <laughs> what I want to leave the listeners with, which I think is the most important, is take another peek at slang. You know, there was a, a lot of kind of a bad sentiment out there. A lot of that was capital markets, this, that, and the other. We are making good on the promises that we once were putting out there as far as closing these acquisitions and becoming a plant-touching, materially different company in regards to revenue and profit. This team is running down profitability. We are on the precipice of turning a corner and becoming a force to be reckoned with over and above just our brands. Um, we are a strong company, and we are going to continue to demonstrate excellence. 
through this year, next year, and beyond. Things you don't know about me when I'm on a competitive barbecue team. So, uh, Texas originally, you probably hear that a little bit in my voice, but, uh, fat kids eating, I love smoking chatty meats and I'm damn good at it. Uh, so that, and the last thing is I am a diehard Dallas Cowboys, uh, fan, which is just absolutely brutal this year. (laughs) Um, Uh, can we, can we just go back to the food thing? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in another, in another life, um, my good friend and I entered a chili cook-off and, uh, we've entered a few chili cook-offs. And, and we won. We won nice. the Texas division. Whoa. Uh, now we're the best, the big boy division. If we're that's, talking the, that, that's right. So, uh, we actually won. If you, <laughs> if you have time, you guys, uh, out there listening can Google it. It's, it was in the Toronto star. And Man, I'd love get to get the recipe and understand, understand uh, your secret. So yeah, sauce. it was all, actually all killer. Made chili this past weekend. I'd love to try yours. <laughs> all, all killer, uh, no filler. So it was just meat nice. and sauce. Um, but so we won, we won for Ontario and whatever, I guess that qualified us for the, uh, for the continental championship, which was going to be held in Texas, but it was the same weekend as his wedding. Oh, dagger, dagger. I mean, I, Next I did, I did ask, I did, you know, I went <laughs> and I was like, how, how do you feel about a destination? wedding she's like let me guess texas Texas. i was like (laughs) so um (laughs) so we were this close but uh if you watch if you watch some of our our interviews we talk about food all the time oh i love it man i'm uh i'm I'm a foodie and a and a a food football man food football weed and family like that's chris treason in a nutshell (laughs) you got it (laughs) that's perfect um yeah that that concludes the interview i'm barrington this was chris and you were listening to a, an episode of Hashtag Finance brought to you by the Canadian Securities Exchange. Check out Slang Worldwide. Thanks a lot, Chris. Awesome. Thank you very much, Barrington. Thank you, everyone. Hey, it's James here, reminding you that if you just enjoyed this episode of Hashtag Finance, there's a lot more. Make sure to subscribe to this show available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and now iHeartRadio. Also, if you like video, please join us on CSE TV on YouTube, where you will find more exclusive series content like Mining Over Canada and The Aftermarket Show. That's CSE TV on YouTube. Thank you for listening.